welcome to the Found Cause. We found the cause and serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Michael, the man behind the machine, and to my left is Sebastian, the bookkeeper. Sebastian, a long time ago, an old lady told us that we should not do any weird intros, so I'm just going to roll right into it. Today's episode is a reaction video. Every other week, we do a response video. We searched far and wide to find some response video. Oh my gosh, we were diving the depths of the internet. I was looking at hour-long responses from a monarchical Catholic dictator guy who was proposing we should get into a monarchical Catholic dictatorship in the U.S. Little too long, little too niche. I know we're a niche channel, but we didn't decide to do that. We're looking at Orthodox people, looking at uh, Jews. Jews, a dearth, a a big dearth. My, My wife, found a Jewish convert who converted from Christianity and was doing some stuff, but it was all like Facebook posts, and I feel like that's boring. Anyways, long story short, we did find somebody to react to. This is Calvinism Refuted. It's by a small channel. Uh, The guy is atheist, um, but he refutes Calvinism with kind of a similar attack that some um, basic Arminians or basic other Christians who refute Calvinism with. A very emotional appeal. It reminds me of... um, anti-Calvinism rhetoric from those like William Lane Craig or from Leighton Flowers in particular. So um, we're going to address him as an atheist because he is, but also we want to connect it to other anti-Calvinists. Just as preface, me and Sebastian Foundcause are both Calvinists um, and we are committed Calvinists, not some hashtag four point or, or mild or whatever else. I mean, fully whole hog Calvinists, you'll see that in our defense. So without further ado, let's let him speak and we will react. The traditional Calvinist view of punishment in the afterlife is not a pleasant one, as their deity tends to be a little cranky. After all, he will enact his terrible vengeance on the wicked in the form of an everlasting punishment, which will be characterized by, quote, unspeakable anguish, pain, and terror of soul, and most grievous torments in soul and body, without intermission, in hellfire, forever. Now, I'll note that he is quoting the Heidelberg Catechism, which is a catechism meaning a teaching from the German church, um... It's one that people hold to today in the U.S. Calvinists, some Calvinists hold to in the U.S. Uh, generally amenable to Heidelberg or many of the other confessions that Reformed churches adhere to. You can get similar um, explanations from the Bible, um, where Jesus straight out says that there'll be anguish, where the smoke of their suffering will um, rise up to heaven day and night, and that they will be tortured in Revelation. So that is not just in some man's catechism. It's also just straight out of the Bible. So when this this channel says that it's a traditional Calvinist view of hell, it's just the traditional Christian view of hell. It's not particularly Calvinist. Also from the mouth of Jesus, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Right. Uh, darkness, the weeping and gnashing of teeth, and it has this poor... Um, virgins who get shut out just because they forgot to bring oil. Um, there's a whole bunch of descriptions from Jesus's mouth himself of what hell is like and the kind of people who go to hell and all the rest. So it's not a Calvinist view of hell, though Calvinists believe in hell. Um, it's just a traditional Christian view of hell. There are quote-unquote Christians who don't believe in hell, um, and there are some Christians like our very own cohort Theodore who's kind of like... Uh, shaky on exactly how hell works, understandably, considering there's not that much about the details in specific, but we would all agree, all biblical Christians would agree, that there is torment for those who deserve torment, i.e. all humans, even us Christians, deserve hell because of our sin against God, our wicked sin of heart and mind. So we're not saying that we are, um, we've earned this salvation ourselves. We're saying that God is just. Our God is not cranky. He's just. And you know the wickedness that goes on earth. That goes on. There's there's murders and rapes in the heart, in actuality, and this needs to be punished. God would not be just if he did not punish sin. And being God, he defines what good and bad 
is. And so when he sees something bad, when something bad happens, he is obligated out of justice to give it to punishment. However, he is patient and kind, so that punishment is not always brought about immediately in the body, and it is not ever brought about immediately in the spirit. Um, we await final judgment in the end for both the wicked and the righteous. So right now, God is contending patiently with the wicked, as says uh, Romans 9. And if at the moment you don't believe in hell, the necessity of the atonement of Christ, we have plenty of videos yes. that address these very issues. So we have plenty of material just on that. Well, let him keep going. Mm -hmm. Forever. This seems outlandish enough on its own, but what if we throw... I suppose, so I, I'm going to get out the preface here, and it's not just an atheist premise, although I would say it is the crux of the atheist premise, but Christians and others get caught in this too, and I want to make sure that uh, we as well get, get steeled against this problem. Um, when you make yourself the arbiter of right and wrong, you end up with non-sequitur arguments, like... Um, God would have an everlasting place of punishment. That seems untenable, ridiculous, whatever you want to say, only because you decided that God shouldn't be a punisher of evil, I suppose. So you're the arbiter of what's good, and your God, if God was real, would be, uh, you know, kissy-kiss God, which our God, the God, the only living God, is love. But love is all-encompassing. It has both the justice for those he loves and for... Um, the the loving of those he loves so there's both the gentleness and the, the punishment and it's undeserved it's our mm -hmm. all acts of generosity and kindness for him even though we all willingly rebel at some point in our lives yeah to him okay well let him keep going yeah yeah throw small children into the mix imagine a child dying in infancy who never sees the light of day and who is sentenced to a reality of eternal conscious torment in hell it's interesting here, I don't know if he'd be on the side, I don't know him well enough to um, know where he's on the side of abortion, but when he says the child never sees the light of day, um, I would assume he means like a miscarriage of some sort, so it would be admitting that children are indeed the product of a miscarriage, and it's not just a clump of cells. I agree, I do believe that every child that makes it um, is, or doesn't make it any life made is by God himself, so God's the one that determines who dies in infancy. Equally, he's the one who determines who goes to heaven and to hell. Mm-hmm. In this scenario, she wakes up for the first time, only to be greeted with millions and millions of unending ages of the omnipotent floodgates of the fierce wrath of God that is vastly disproportionate to her strength to bear. I'm going to cut him off right here because I think you see where he's going. Many he's, assumptions. Yes, he's saying that um, babies can go to hell because humans are sinful. And therefore, can you imagine a little baby in hell? Because what did they do wrong? They had never even done anything on earth. Um, Christians of, of different creeds will give the same retort that not just babies, but little children. Pa anybody under the age of what they call the age of um, accountability, uh, they would say it's, it's untenable to see them in hell uh, because they don't know what they're doing. The problem becomes, and this is where this gentleman is going, Christians, not just Calvinists, but any true Christian, any Christian who believes the Bible, believes in original sin, believes that mankind is inherently sinful because of the fall of Adam. And so anybody who believes that mankind is inherently sinful would need a way out of that inherent sin of man for that man to be redeemed in the eyes of God. Otherwise, that man, zero years old or a hundred years old, needs to be redeemed and is otherwise wicked at heart. So even if they haven't done anything wicked, they themselves are wicked. And so 
it's that predicament that we find ourselves in. And if you want proof of that, if you're a Christian who doesn't believe in hell, or you're a Christian that is agreeing with the atheist here at the attack of Calvinism, we'd point you to the scriptures, which we should share in common. Yes, exactly. From Jeremiah, the poor man I always keep quoting, <laughs> I always keep misquoting, uh -huh. Jeremiah 17, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Right. That is a heart of course, for all humanity. And then the Apostle Paul in the New Testament says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then you might be saying, but a baby hasn't sinned because he doesn't, doesn't even know how to talk. Right. Oh, you'd be very surprised. I've seen two-year-olds lie already to me. We, and sins come in different degrees, of course. But the point of sin is putting yourself first above God in any given situation. So the moment you do that, you have, abandon the true purpose of what a human should be doing as a creature of God and place yourself in a higher position for different reasons, of course. And then you might be saying, a baby would certainly not do that. But we Wait. have scripture actually addressing this very issue. Yeah, and, and you have to watch when you make assumptions like, oh, children are innocent or children don't sin or surely God would not punish anybody for something they didn't have the choice to do, blah, blah, blah. These things don't come from scripture. If you can find it, I'd love to hear it. But these don't come from scripture. So if you claim to be a Christian, a Bible-believing Christian, and you aren't basing your underlying assumptions on scriptural facts, scriptural quotes, you are building your own tradition and religion. Be careful what you build on top of that because it's not the solid rock of Jesus Christ. It's just your own understanding. Like Sebastian said, when we talk about children, Psalm 51, 5, Psalm from David, part of the quote that, that Paul gives in the New Testament, and it's part of actually two Psalms. They're both repeat Psalms. You could say it's emphasizing this point. David says, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. And again, in the same quote that for all of sin to fall short of the glory of God, David says it in the same psalm. He says it twice. It's doubled up again in two psalms. Paul says it as well, emphasizing this point. So it's not taken out of context. It's it's in context talking about the fact that all mankind has sinned and needs a savior, including from birth. So if you don't believe that children are born into sin, you are rejecting scripture and you're, you're building it off of some other tradition. Now, do I think it's the most egregious rejection of scripture? No. I mean, we talk about egregious rejection of scripture all the time. So I have... I have tolerance for this, but I don't want to tolerate it myself. And I would encourage you, like, I don't want to tolerate believing it. I wouldn't want to make room for error just because why would I accept error? So I encourage Christians who have the mindset that the children are somehow innocent because that's what culture says to instead of basing your beliefs off of culture or some philosophy or some speaker you heard one time, go to the scripture. And again, we've, we've quoted it here and you can test us or try to find some other scripture that refute us. Um, but if the, the scripture that you find that refutes you is like God is love or God is nice or God doesn't contend with the wicked forever or some, some other thing that doesn't directly address the problem at hand, you clearly aren't really going to scripture, using scripture to justify yourself. Whereas this is just plain scripture. That surely I was sinful of earth, sinful of the time my mother conceived me and all the other things about sin. Mm -hmm. so, exactly. We're going to let, let him keep going. I'm curious to see what he says next. Yep. Now, I take it for granted that most adults with a functioning conscience can see the stupendous moral idiocy of this scenario. Most <laughs> adults with a functioning conscience can see the moral idiocy because if you have a proper moral compass, you'll know that children are innocent. However, um, not all cultures have considered children innocent. Only our time in recent days has, has have children being considered innocent. Most time they're considered invaluable, dumb. I mean, they are <laughs> dumb. I don't think anybody's going to refute that. Children are typically dumb, um, considering they are children. We ourselves are dumb. We've only lived a couple of years on this earth. So surely those who have lived, you know, 
exponentially less time are even dumber. So again, it's not some grand boast over children. We've all been children before, but uh, children are dumb, and it's not morally idiotic to believe that they sin just like men. In fact, I would say it's it's factually idiotic to believe that children don't sin, considering you see children sin all the time. Like you said, you see even two-year-olds sin. I volunteer at my church for second grade and third graders, and all you see is sin. There's little <laughs> glimmers of like, oh, what you know, they're cute, or there's some some good things, um, just like with anybody. But uh, children are, are usually much less in self-control, and therefore their sinful tendencies not only stay in their heart and mind, but also exude out all the time so i'm not saying that adults are less sinful than children but i'm definitely saying children still have the same sin that mankind has they're not immune to it yeah so keep in mind we're not saying these are evil machines prowling around plotting to kill us all that's not what we're saying (laughs) (laughs) we gotta rid the world yes that's not what we're saying in the slightest what we're saying is and we've also we've also talked about this sin comes in different degrees in order to be in the presence of god you have to be 100 percent perfect yeah Otherwise, you'll be incinerated, you'll die, whatever. You cannot be in the presence of God. If you tell a, a tiny white lie, which is, there's probably no such thing, mm-hmm. you're no longer 100% perfect. You cannot be in the presence of God. So, yes, children sin. It is not the same as an adult sinning, for example. Definitely, the consequences are much different, and the degree of sin is uh, not the same either. But it is still placing yourself over the will and commands of God. Right. That is what makes you imperfect, fallen, using biblical language. And as a result, you cannot be in the presence of God because of that. But, I, I, I mean, should I, should well, I there, say? There is a great hope. Let's let him get his full analogy through before we yeah, get yeah, the yeah, actual okay, hope okay. of Calvinism. Okay. Of Christianity. And what's interesting for our discussion here is that this situation fundamentally is morally intelligible on Calvinism. And this is not a joke. Of course it's not a joke. We just walked through it. In fact, in contrast to the moral idiocy, he said, I think it's the only way to be morally consistent is to say that God punishes sin regardless of who gives it. I honestly don't know how this does not keep more Calvinists up at night unless they just don't think about it. We'll we'll tell you why. Um, Not only do we trust God ultimately to do what is good, and so we don't know exactly what God does. The Bible does not speak to whether or not all children are saved or that all children are damned. It doesn't say any way. Um, the only portions we have about little babies who like that die before the first week um, is, is King David's son. And David says that he will see him afterwards. So, and King David, righteous baby, therefore righteous. So we know that there's precedent for believing that some children at least can be saved. Um, but that's that's pretty scant. That's the one instance in the entirety of the Bible. And so we don't know where babies go. I think that's the only consistent way to, to be a Christian that's purely based off Scripture. However, we do have a hope, and let's save it for the rest of the episode, but um, that, that there are babies in heaven. Maybe all babies go to heaven. We just don't know for sure. But it's certainly not something that keeps me up at night because I trust God that he's just. Mm-hmm, exactly. The root issue here is how Calvinists view the doctrine of imputation. On this system, we're all guilty in a real sense for what Adam did. And, quote, This means that the state in which we are born is one of willful violation of the law, and that we are therefore by nature liable to punishment. It's, it's not just the fact that our father, our ancestor Adam, sinned, and therefore the imputation of his sin is on us. It's actually that our nature is changed, just as this quote says. Therefore, by nature, we are liable to punishment, because by nature, we are law violators. 
because of the change, the fundamental change in the, the ethos of mankind when Adam sinned, he passed that tendency, that will, onto all of his descendants. And so it's not just that he sinned and therefore like that the punishment of his eating of the fruit is now on all of us. It's the implication, the, the consequence of that sin is on all of us so that we become little evil sinners. So it's not like, oh, you have a perfectly innocent little kid who's never done anything, never thought an evil thought, but because his father sinned, God punishes him. It's he is a evil son of an evil father and God redeems his children. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. It follows that a consistent Calvinist must either allow for the real possibility uh, that some babies go to hell, or at the very least, admit that it would be perfectly fair if they did, whether or not they actually do. It'd be perfectly fair for any human, regardless of age, to go to hell because, as we went over, our predisposition, our wants, our direction, our orientation in life is to look at ourselves before looking at God. Can we, thanks to the grace of God, look to other people before ourselves yes god restrains evil at all times clearly otherwise we'd all be dead by now yep but at the same time it'd be perfectly fair for every single human to be thrown into the lake of fire because of our just personal want to not submit to the will of god so in this in this way we are proving your point in that will up your ante will say yes it's, it would not only be righteous if all babies went to hell be righteous if all people all creation were punished for the sin that we have done and are born into that's that's the state of the world the hope of christianity is that that is not the end of the story for those who god redeems Mm -hmm. so yes all would be damned all would be under this evil punishment for evil sin it's just it's perfect it's from god however god in his loving kindness and in his perfect plan planned from the beginning by the way not not a surprise to god that all this happened for his glory he's punishing the wicked and for his glory he's saving those he makes righteous we say and so scripture says that god being perfect in all his kindness has made a way for people to be redeemed by himself through his son came as a man but also being god the god man jesus christ and through perfect living he was born without the original sin of his father but in flesh he could be a perfect substitute for mankind because goats can't pay for mankind all the signs of the old law that God prescribed were pointing towards Jesus. So although God prescribed the killing of goats and sheep and other sacrifices, they were pointers. They were properly obedient to God's law, but they were pointers. They didn't actually cleanse the people of sin. It was always God's will that cleanses people from sin. And specifically, his justice is fulfilled in death of the wicked. So Jesus had to substitute for the death of the wicked. And God in loving kindness put all of that death on one man so that it did not have to extend to all mankind you know not every person having to die for a sin but instead one man could substitute for the rest of mankind but regular men can't substitute for men there's actually a law sometimes atheists bring this up sometimes jews bring this up there's a law in god's law that says that son shouldn't die for his father another man can't die for another because because other men have sin so they can't clean another man because when they die they are suffering the punishment of their own sin physically so they can't substitute for somebody else because they're just paying their own punishment like when they die they're just paying their own punishment they can't be paying for somebody else's but jesus did not deserve to die it would be like i'm covered in mud and by cleaning me you're gonna throw more mud your own mud right on me i'm like what that's not gonna do much at all it's not gonna get the job done 
And also, I think it is wise to establish that God has said in Ezekiel, I am living, says the Lord of Lords. I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked would turn from their evil and they would live. So he's not sending people to hell for entertainment or amusement, like you would see in some other faiths, like mm -hmm. pagan or mythology or Greek and Ro Norse Roman mythologies. The gods torture people for, for their own amusement. God takes no pleasure in that. It is actually out of his love that if someone comes in and stabs me, out of the love that God has for me, right. he's going to punish in hell the person who did me harm and took my life. So it, it actually, punishment is a loving thing in right. that way because someone <laughs> came in and took my, and unrighteously took, took, my, took my life. Mm -hmm. so, ra so that is something that humans don't really like to even contemplate or understand because we'd rather have our own right. justice and our own sets of how things should be. But again, the great hope of Christianity is that, and, and this I would say distinctly of Calvinism, though it is the same Christianity of the Bible, um, is, is unique in the understanding of how God saves because we believe it is ultimately not the person who chooses God, but God who chooses the person he decides to save. So God knew all mankind he was going to make before the creation of the world, and so he creates every single person whether they are going to be regular old people who sin and therefore require punishment, just punishment, or men he will purposefully redeem, born sinners just like the rest of men, but that he will come, he will soften their hearts, and he'll pull them to him irresistibly. Meaning, every Christian that is currently an actual Christian, God chose redeemed with the blood of Jesus Christ when Jesus died, knowing that in the future, Sebastian, that Michael would be living, and then prepaid all the sin that he knew that me and Sebastian would do, or any Christian would do, so that he can redeem them and bring them to heaven instead of punishing them in hell. And that is what we believe the, the cleansing of Jesus is, that he paid prepaid your blood um, guilt. The blood guilt that you would have that you'd have to die and pay for is prepaid by Jesus Christ. Turn and return from sin. Repent. Be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Be indwelt by God here. Purified and sanctified for your eventual death here. Because your flesh still sins. Your body will still sin. When you die, you'll be resurrected at some point into a flesh that does not sin. And your spirit is already made new when you accept Jesus Christ. So we would call to anybody who is listening, who feels the weight of sin, that feels the condemnation that would result in hell as it does, to turn away from your sin, to turn to Jesus as your only hope and Savior, and therefore be saved, be covered, and rest in the fact that God is the one who secures you, not yourself, not your own good works, not your will, not some other thing. It's God who secures your redemption. And so, because it's God who is the source of salvation, this is the way Calvinism can allow for children to be saved. God can forcibly bring children into his kingdom by forcibly putting the blood of Christ onto them and therefore redeeming them, changing their hearts from good to bad and changing their nature that they would normally have into a good nature. So the only way Christians can be consistently believers of the Bible therefore believers of original sin, but also believe that children are saved, is that God puts his blood, his spirit, and redeems people without their choosing. Because we know those babies aren't choosing God by their own accord. They're just babies. They don't know any better. But God can save via Calvinistic election, um, which again is described in the Bible. We have plenty of episodes defending Calvinism from mm -hmm. scripture. However, I just want to defend it morally here. It is the only Christian theology out there that allows for the saving mm -hmm. of children so if you do hold to ideas such as free will mm -hmm. or more if you come from a methodist or 
some Baptist churches are also believe that you are the one who chose God. You have the free will. Jesus extends the hands to you and then you get the chance to accept it or reject it. If you're in that mindset, how could, and I say this seriously, how could you say that a baby is going to be in heaven? Right. You might say age of accountability, but that's nowhere in scripture. Right. So, I, and I say it frankly, if you believe in age of accountability, you are making up something that's not from scripture and mm -hmm. is not Christian either. Rather, what we all, actually, I would say all brothers and sisters, and sisters, my gosh, Christians, that's a new word I made up. Christers. Right <laughs> that's a bad, it's a bad to be a Christer though. So Christmas and Easter people. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Don't be that. Don't be that person. Be, go to our local church. But everyone understands deeply and will understand, I would say later, what really saved you wasn't choosing Jesus wasn't your faith it's not what saved you but who saved you yep you did you, you 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 didn't save yourself by choosing jesus you didn't believe in you didn't high five you didn't cooperate with him like some of our catholic friends might say or orthodox he saved you and either he makes it possible for you to be saved and then you can like oopsie i don't want it thanks bye or he saves you and as he says in John, my sheep know me and no one can snatch them out of my hands. Mm -hmm. In fact, I would say the Calvinist, the Reformed, if you want to use that word instead, enhances the love of God. It actually displays it to its fullest. Right. It's from Ephesians. What you just said, you're pretty much summarizing Ephesians. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world, before the world was made, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. I would say Calvinism enhances the love of God. This shows it to truly what it is. Yep. Amen. Again, just regular old scripture in case you're a Christian who disagrees. And I would say, in short summary, every biblical Christian is going to believe in in original sin and therefore every christian regardless of credo galvanist or arminian whatever else um, is going to have this problem where they face do infants go to hell wouldn't they be punished with original sin and it's only calvinism that has a mechanism a true biblical mechanism for those children to be saved so this refutation of calvinism talking about babies in hell is really just a attack on hell and original sin it's not calvinism those things are not unique to calvinism calvinism on the contrary weirdly enough um is the only one that allows for children to be saved and be biblical at the same time and be biblical yes exactly but this just seems silly after all if apparently it's silly we, of course this man doesn't believe the bible you can have any reliable moral knowledge at all then it seems intuitively obvious that the statement babies do not deserve eternal conscious torment in hell is as close to a self-evident truth as we can possibly get in fact i'm quite sure that any christian who it's just and I'd said at the beginning of the episode, the problem with atheism and any self-justifying morality is that it's just that it's self-justifying. So he says, if we can, if we have any idea of what morals are, like it's such an overwhelming um, opinion that babies are innocent and that they don't deserve eternal punishment, that if it if we were wrong, if all of mankind was wrong, it would be such a shock and like our whole rationality and logic would would dissolve. 
Um, but we say just that. You're wrong. <laughs> you think the babies are innocent. We say that mankind is not innocent. And so, of course, they deserve justice, just like all of mankind does, whatever age they are. And so, yeah, you are just mass wrong. You also, in mass, don't believe in God, and you're wrong. And that would be, oh, yeah, breaking the first commandment. So right there, we disagree on morality. So it's not a um, simple morality decision. You have been blinded by sin, just as many of mankind has been. You would want to dispute this is only doing so because they are absolutely compelled to by their theological system. Yes, but I would also say my mind and heart have been transformed in that I, it, this does not keep me up at night. Like I am truly transformed by the love of God and I truly trust in God and that this doesn't hurt my conscience. My conscience is clear because my conscience is now guided by the Holy Spirit, not works of the flesh or the culture around us. And that's only being consistent as a Christian if you truly are devoted to God. Mm -hmm by mere logic you're going to trust that what he does is good yeah otherwise i mean like why you why are you saying you're a christian if you don't really trust god so it sounds like i'm gonna let him finish but the ultimate thesis of this channel is that calvinism is wrong because hell is evil in particular for children but Calvinism, A, is not the only one with hell in it. B, is the only way that children can be saved. And mm -hmm. C, the only way he's saying things are wrong is based on his own or maybe society's current opinions. But society, one, changes all the time on what it believes. And I would assume this man supports abortion. So the whole baby damnation thing is kind of ironic there, considering society also supports abortion, the killing of children, uh, damning them to never have a life. And so that it's baseless it's baseless he doesn't have a basis for his morality so his argument against god here is that he doesn't like god well yeah i i don't think he likes mm -hmm. you either and unfortunately this just serves as another example historically that people are pretty much willing to rationalize anything in service to their deeply held religious beliefs amen so says the man who rationalizes the rejection of children being condemned to hell or really true morality because he wants to avoid all morality or at least morality he doesn't like well the problem is every single human does this even right. atheists they just well don't he just like did it yeah. yeah they don't like to say it out loud but everyone is committed to their belief system so it's about what what do you believe in what who are you believing in you know, what system are you believing in and we would say we believe in the living and true god and you believe in your own brain power i suppose to be fair, the most obvious objections that will be leveled against this by Calvinists is that our basic moral intuitions are damaged by the fall. And so we just need to trust God's word in order to see what... Not just damaged. That's what the Orthodox might say, that we're sick and just by a little help from Jesus, we might be restored to full capacity. Rather, we are alienated from God. We're separated, not just damaged. Like mm -hmm. Damaged means that you can just reach back a little bit. By the help of Jesus. They're, they're bent. They're perverted. Like the morality is not just damaged, but perverted. They're opposite yes. what direction. Yes. And for all our Christians, our Christian friends out there, this is 101 for Christianity. Because if we are not separated from God, why would Jesus have to bother go through all that he went through in his life and die such a horrible death if all he needed was just gentle high five. Right. Extend we were separated from God and he is the bridge. He is the only way. He is the narrow, the narrow path. Yep. What's true about reality? Needless to say, these responses are fraught with problems. On the one hand, trying to maintain traditional theistic beliefs while holding to a radical moral skepticism about what we can perceive via our moral intuitions 
does not bode well. I don't even know what to say. So he's saying, holding to traditional theistic beliefs, Christianity, um, while also saying that people are inherently sinful, i.e. They, they don't know morality well, is wrought with problems. What's the problem there? It's consistent with original sin, isn't it? I, I don't see a single problem there. And on the other, the Bible doesn't actually work as a foundation in the way that a lot of Calvinists need it to. But it, he's obviously alluding to some other problems that he won't discuss here. We would defend the veracity of the Bible every day of the week. Mm-hmm. And truly, what have we been doing all throughout? In our words mm-hmm. have been pretty much paraphrases of, of the, Bible. the Bible. Yeah. But anyway, let's put these considerations into an argument and call it a day. If Calvinism is true, children dying in infancy deserve eternal conscious torment. Children dying in infancy do not deserve eternal conscious torment. Says my butt. I like the 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 logical leap here is that everybody would agree with point two, but we don't. And so you're just wrong. It's it's as if you could make the exact same argument of aliens are real. So you could say if aliens are real, forks would be in my kitchen. Forks are in my kitchen. Therefore, <laughs> aliens are real. You've you've set up a premise that you didn't need to prove. You can't go anywhere to prove that that uh, proves your point. You can't go anywhere to prove that children dying in infancy do not deserve eternal conscious torment. You go to your own butt cheeks. You go to the the inner feel feels of your soul. You go to precedent and law. None of these things are good grounds because they change all the time. Your own feelings change all the time. Society changes all the time. Again, societies for for generations have believed that children dying in infancy do deserve eternal punishment. So I. I don't think your second point has any basis, and it's as bad as doing circular argument like I just described. We could go back 2,000 years to the Roman Empire to the highest intellectuals of the time, and they would say, yeah, if you have a daughter and you don't want to just throw just it, chuck out. it out, just yeah. chuck mm-hmm. it out. So, Or even if you need an abortion, they would have just said, yeah, that's whatever, get, get rid of it. And these would have been people that are you could have said the, the pinnacle of society at the, the pinnacle time. of society educated smart moral people who kiss their little doggies and feed okay. their goldfish and throw their daughters out to the garbage cans yes okay, maybe not nero but everyone but nero <laughs> <laughs> you know yes. some others too caligula <laughs> yeah therefore calvinism is not true owned you got us mm. all right well we tried to make it short. It's probably not that short considering um, it's only a two minute, 56 second video and we were pontificating about philosophy and Christianity. So apologies if that upsets you, but I want to do a thorough rejection of this because um, it warrants a lot of defense and explanation of what Calvinism is um, because he assumes a lot of things that aren't true. And of course, um, he basically just hates Christianity. So he lumps a lot of things that are Christian onto Calvinism because Calvinism is Christianity, but Calvinism isn't the only Christianity out there. So in a way... This is a compliment <laughs> to Calvinism. Appreciate it. Biblical Christianity. Thank you that we hold the Bible. Yes, that's true. That we have deep theological convictions. Yep. And then he even says the theological convictions of the Bible force us into Calvinism. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. Um, of course, I love the truths of Calvinism, so I don't feel forced. But yes, I would agree. So without further ado, if you want to react to us, if you have responses to us, we'd love to hear it. Um, honestly, as much as we're, we're being flippant here, I'm I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, if you have a better argument, I'd love to hear it. We want to respond. We have a history of responding when people respond to us. So please do. Um, and if you're listening and you have a rebuttal to us in the comments, of course, leave us comments. We honestly are willing to learn um, as much as we act like we know everything. We don't. We're not that old uh, nor wise. So we'd appreciate your comments. Mm-hmm. 
In any case, without further ado, we have found our cause in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been Michael, the man behind the machine, and to my left has been Sebastian, the bookkeeper. Thanks for listening. If you want to see the rest of our episodes, you can go to foundcaused.podbean.com and download them all for your listening pleasure. That is audio only, though. If you want to see our beautiful faces, you can go to foundcaused.facebook.com forward slash foundcaused. We're on Facebook. We're also on YouTube. You can search us up there. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, wherever else you might find your podcast. So until next time, we talk about something completely different and not a response video. I've been Michael. It's been Sebastian. Bye-bye. Bye.